Hello, and welcome to the Soul Full of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel, and today it's just going to be you and me and this conversation. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give me a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into it. I want to start off this mini-sode by sharing a quote that is near and dear to my heart by author James Baldwin. This quote reads, Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. This quote really does a great job of summing up where we're at at this point in 2020, where we're at at the midway point of November with the Scorpio new moon this weekend, Mars direct today, the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction that we just had, and then the upcoming great conjunction next month, which is going to be the real big finale of this year. There is so much epic, life-changing, amazing, hard, (laughs) difficult, challenging, beautiful, messy astrology transits. It's just the energy is undeniably different. Things are different. And we know that, right? This year has been fucking different. (laughs) I'm feeling different. Are you feeling different? Maybe feeling a little tender? That's okay. This is a tender time. We're still in Scorpio season. Yes, Mercury is direct and that's awesome and it feels good, but man, it is still in its shadow period. We are still unraveling those three weeks that we had Mercury retrograde. What did we learn? What are we carrying forward? And even bigger than that, Mars direct. That's where I really want to begin this episode, but I am going to be touching on these other transits. I am going to be touching on the Scorpio new moon, and I am going to be speaking to three tarot cards that I pulled specifically for this mini episode today. So with all of that said, buckle up. I hope you're ready. And let's jump into Mars Direct. So Mars stationed retrograde back on 9-9-2020. And if that's not a portal, I don't know what the fuck is. All right, <laughs> because that's pretty interesting. The alignment of dates this year has not been wasted on me. And now having Mars station direct on the 13th, Friday the 13th, might I add. I've said this to many friends this week. You cannot make this shit up. It is that wild. So Mars is our planet of motivation, drive, passion. It's our energy, our resources of energy, our vitality. It is our sense of survival, and it is even our ego. Mars is an extremely important personal planet. So knowing where your Mars is located in your natal chart is super helpful. For me, my Mars is located in Sagittarius. So right away, I know that Sagittarius to Aries, which is where Mars has been and will remain until the new year when it exits its post-retrograde shadow period. So we have more energy now, true, but we're going to get a real jolt of energy at the very beginning of the year. That first week in January, it is going to be awesome. So that's something to look forward to for sure. But for myself, knowing that I have my natal Mars in Sagittarius, we have Mars currently in Aries, that's 120 degrees apart. So I know that I've had a trine happening from transiting Mars to my natal Mars. 
And for me and for lots of folks who have a fire sign Mars placement, this retrograde period, I wouldn't say it's been easier because I don't think that's fair. (laughs) I would say that it has had smaller speed bumps. There's speed bumps for everybody, but some people are going through this transit and have experienced it as like, I don't even see a fucking road, okay? You're lucky to feel a speed bump because it just feels like I'm blind and I'm flying and I don't know what the fuck is happening. And if you're a Capricorn or a Cancer, you might be feeling that way because this Mars in Aries is in a square to those other signs and those placements. It's also affected a lot of our Aries folks who are Aries rising, folks who have Aries moon. If you have an Aries sun sign, you have probably felt a lot of tension. A lot has come up for folks who have primary placements in Aries this year because of this transit. And to all of you, I say, trust the warrior within and give grace to the battles that you have fought and won that nobody knows about. And I've talked about that before on the podcast, and I just think it's so important to acknowledge that now, especially in this year with this pandemic and all these crazy, fast changes and things that we've had to adapt to constantly all year long, it has just been a lot. And there's a ton of battles that every person that you see driving by you, walking past you at the grocery store, whatever, Those people are fighting battles that you don't know anything about. And I know that's a really big cliche fucking quote posted all over Instagram, but it's fucking true. It's one of those ones that you're just like, ah, when you think about it, it makes you more empathetic, more compassionate. And can you give that to yourself too, right? Giving it to other people, awesome. Giving it to yourself, even more awesome. Because when you give yourself that compassion and that empathy, You are more inspired. You're more likely to go and give that to other people with more ease. And that's what we're here to do, right? We're all here on this planet learning separate lessons. Some of them overlap. Some of them don't. This pandemic has been a big overlap for everybody, but the lessons that it has unraveled are so different, so unique to each person. And Mars Retrograde has been a huge highlighter for this. So let's talk about Mars retrograde and what the fuck does that even mean? Why would I care, (laughs) right? If you're listening to this, what's the point, right? So when Mars is retrograde, which by the way, Mars goes retrograde the least amount out of all planets. So it's a very unique and very important transit. Folks have been experiencing feeling stuck, feeling tired. I can't tell you how tired I have felt. And maybe as an American, it's the election as well. But my goodness, it has been an exhausting last two months with this transit. Feeling bottlenecked as well. Like you can't get this project done or you can't seem to accomplish this one goal. It seems so tedious and small and yet it's so out of reach. It's just like every time you get there and then it gets taken away by the wind or a fucking tornado or whatever because that's just the energy of this year, right? The wind is more like a tornado these days. And notice that I use the word can't. Man, that's a Mars retrograde word that we all need to take out of our vocabulary immediately. If you're listening to this and in the next day or two or week or month or however long you can hold on to this nugget of wisdom, you hear yourself think or speak the word 
can't. Flip that sentence. Flip it. Even if you're sitting in a wheelchair and you can't walk, how can you change that? I can go there still. I can still get there. I can reroute. I can redirect. I can find my way. What can you focus on? That is a huge key for integrating the lessons of Mars retrograde is taking your can'ts and finding ways, however creative that those ways may need to be, to turn those can'ts into can'ts. Also during retrograde Mars, folks have been given an opportunity to identify unmet needs. Anger has come up a lot for many people, myself included. This is Mars retrograde in Aries. Aries is its home sign. Mars is happy in Aries, but Mars is also very powerful in Aries. And power is good sometimes. (laughs) And sometimes it's not. We know that abuses of power happen all the time, especially here in America. We voted some of that shit out this year, thank God. But that doesn't mean that Mars in Aries is always a good thing just because it's at home in that sign. It means that it's going to bring up some more of that passion that is natural to that placement. So having felt angrier, having felt less willing to forgive, maybe even having a temper tantrum. I definitely had a couple heated moments. Luckily, there were no witnesses. Or I guess I think that there were no witnesses. (laughs) Maybe I'm just hoping that there were no witnesses. But the point is that I even had a few moments where I like wanted to throw or break things Uh, And not even over big things for me personally. And maybe that's because I had that trine going on from my natal Mars and some of the aspects were to my benefit. So maybe it didn't hit me as hard. And yet I still caught myself in moments of anger. And anger is just one of those feelings that masks other feelings. Not to say that you can't feel angry and it can't be pure anger. It's just typically anger is, it's like a shot. If you take a shot of alcohol Uh, A lot of folks like to take that with a chaser or a lemon or something, right? If you're taking a shot of tequila, you're going to have some lemon, you're going to have some salt, you're going to have something else with it. Anger tends to be like that. Anger doesn't tend to arrive to the party of your feelings alone, which is eh, a good thing sometimes, (laughs) bad thing often. (laughs) Often it's grief. And we've talked about this on the podcast as well. How much of your anger is grief? Has that question come up for you during the last two months? Have you considered where your anger is coming from? What is the root if you have anger? Have you considered why you don't feel angry? If you haven't experienced anger, and maybe in instances that you had every right to be angry, Mars retrograde can also bring up just lost passion, feeling less excited about something that maybe used to really excite you, maybe even a person that used to excite you. Mars can also be very sexual. So a lot of folks experience a bit of a rendezvous drought at this time (laughs) during this transit, and that's okay as well. We don't always need to bow chicka wow wow. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Also feelings of hopelessness and procrastination arise during this transit where You can catch yourself making excuses. And maybe the excuse that you make is totally necessary and needed. And maybe the excuses that you've been making are bullshit and you know it. 
I say that as somebody who has some bullshit excuses that I've been sitting on and I can't tell you how painfully aware of those excuses I am right now with Mars stationing direct. I'm so aware of the movements that I haven't made, but I've also been able to use the transit of Mars retrograde in Aries to redefine why I am making the moves that I'm making in my life and also to extend grace to myself for the times when I didn't act on something that I felt that I should have, quote, should have. I really don't like the word should, but I'm using it here because there are some things that we are aware would be in highest and best for ourselves if only we were to actually follow through and make them happen. And the follow through can fall apart sometimes, and that's okay. There's been a lot of falling apart this year, and some shit just has to fall apart for other shit to fall together, and that is just the ebb and flow of life now, isn't it? (laughs) So this retrograde period of Mars was active between and still is active. I'm saying like it's totally over now. It's not. We're in the post-retrograde shadow period. So keep your seatbelt on. Active from 28 degrees Aries to 15 degrees Aries today, where it's stationing direct. So you can look at your own natal chart and look at where you have Aries and identify, do you have any planets in between 28 and 15 degrees of Aries? If you do, you probably felt this retrograde more than the rest of us who don't, myself included, because I actually have an empty house where Aries is. I have Aries over my 11th house. So for me, Mars retrograde has been lighting up my 11th house of community and goal setting. It has helped me redefine my tribe. Who is going to be here closest in orbit to me and who isn't? And can I be okay with that? Can I stop trying to make this happen? Can I start letting it happen instead? Let people in who are supposed to be in. Don't try and grab for people or places or experiences that I want. Not that there's anything wrong with reaching for the stars and reaching for your goals and your desires and your wants. And that's all fucking important. But at the same time, some things just aren't meant for us. And that's okay. There's actually a lot of peace in letting go of what isn't meant for you. And for me, a lot of that has been coming up because that's the house that this transit's been going through. So I invite you to go look at your own natal chart, identify where do you have Aries and identify where do you have your natal Mars? What is the relationship between where Mars is transiting in Aries and the relationship between your natal Mars placement? Is it a trine like mine? Is it a square? Is it a sextile? Is it an opposition? Do you have planets in Aries? Is it a conjunction where they're aligned? These are just things for you to consider. And I encourage you to look at your own chart and start to get to know it because by getting to know your chart, you are getting to know you. And by getting to know you, you open doors to getting to know other people on deeper levels than you have ever ever known and it is Scorpio season and that is what we're all about during Scorpio season. Scorpio rules the eighth house of intimate relationships, sex, death, instincts. That is Scorpio energy 
And that's the Scorpio new moon that we are moving into this weekend as well. But before I dive into the astrology of the new moon in Scorpio, the last thing that I want to talk about with Mars stationing direct is rest. Mars retrograde had us all feeling very tired for good reason. We felt tired because we have this productivity culture that values doing more than it values being. And Mars retrograde wakes us up to this. And especially this year, with 2020 being this pandemic, folks working from home, the integration of home and work, the integration of home and everything with folks being home so much, this has been a profound opportunity to rest. So have you made time to rest, to recharge? Have you prioritized the downtime? Have you been able to forgive yourself for the things that you procrastinated and now to look back at them and actually ask yourself, why? Why did I procrastinate that? Maybe if you've got, say, Aries in the 10th house and you've had Mars and Aries transiting through your 10th house, maybe you procrastinated some stuff at work. Maybe that's because you don't like your job. Maybe that's because you don't like your boss. Maybe that's because you don't actually want to fucking work there anymore. What is it that you have avoided and why? What is it that hasn't come to fruition and why? And we're reaching for the why at this point in the month. We don't quite have it. Some of us might. Some lucky folks might really get the clarity now as soon as Mars is direct. But a lot of us are going to have to wait until the new year to get the real clarity. So I'm not saying go quit your job if you don't like it by any means. Keep your job, be smart, make your moves at the right timing, but do use the time to reflect on and ask the important questions. What have you been putting off? How have you been allowing yourself to rest? Have you not been allowing yourself to rest? What does that tell you about your relationship to rest? What are you ready to receive with ease? Those are some questions for you to consider with Mars stationing direct today. It's a powerful, powerful week. It's a powerful year. So much change, so much integration, and so much opportunity with all of it. Now I would like to move us forward into the Scorpio new moon that is occurring on Saturday, the 14th of November. Nura and I did chat about this new moon on the November Transits and Tarot episode. I invite you to go revisit that episode or listen to it for the first time if you haven't heard it yet to get more nuggets of wisdom, especially from Nura. She's such an incredible magic maker. I'm just going to add to that here and revisit it in my own way. And I'm going to start out by sharing a quote that I would like to turn into a mantra. And the quote is, release the dark wound, let love in. And that quote is actually the name of an oracle card from the Sacred Rebels Oracle deck. Highly, highly, highly recommend that deck. It is so, so good, especially if you're a person who isn't super familiar with tarot or feel intimidated by tarot. Oracle decks are a great way to get your hands on cards and not feel as overwhelmed um, with the tarot because and also oracle decks don't typically have like the ten of swords where a person's like stabbed to death you know like that imagery 
is a little triggering for a lot of us, myself included. So Oracle decks typically don't have that imagery and this Oracle deck definitely doesn't. It's beautiful, beautiful art. I so highly recommend it. But that quote, let's turn it into a mantra, like I said, release the dark wound, let love in as a mantra. I release the dark wound. I let love in. Simple shift, but powerful nonetheless. And this Scorpio new moon is about releasing the dark wound. The Scorpio new moon is about profound, deep, dark healing. Scorpio is the sign of transformation. It's also a relationship sign. As I mentioned earlier, it rules the eighth house which is also the house of intimate relationships and intimate partnerships. This is also the sign that rules shadow work. This is where we can really identify some of our projections. This is where we can find opportunities to rewrite and overcome some of the false narratives that we carry that maybe were true or maybe never were true and yet we believed them or we carried them with us, or we allowed other people to project them upon us, and then they became a part of us, but a counterfeit part of us, right? Because it's not real if it's not true. So what is true? That's a big question for this new moon in Scorpio. What is true for you? What are you truly ready to heal? What does healing look like? Can you be with the healing when it's not pretty. And I don't know many instances where healing is pretty. I actually can't think of any times that I've healed and had an experience that I felt was pretty. <laughs> it's always messy. It's often chaos. And that is okay. That's part of the process. That's part of what we're doing with the Scorpio new moon. And we've got some awesome aspects happening. With Neptune in a trine to our Scorpio new moon, right? Because Neptune is in Pisces, that's a water sign. And we also have this water new moon, which is in Scorpio. That trine is going to help us identify what is blocking any of our dreams, our access to our desires that are bigger than life. Maybe it will help us unveil some of the illusions that have been influencing us or keeping us blind. We also have the new moon in a sextile to our powerful Capricorn stellium, which is Saturn and Jupiter and Pluto all still in Capricorn. Soon to break up though. So this is one of the last big hurrahs for this planetary placement since we're going to have Jupiter and Saturn both move into Aquarius very soon. So what does that say? Having this sextile with the Capricorn stellium, we're highlighting what we have been restructuring. We are bringing clarity to some of the habits that need to go. We're also becoming aware of the habits that need to, on the other end, grow. What changes in our daily ways of going about our lives, in the structures that we occupy, whether that's your job, your home, your relationships, it's kind of everything because Pluto's involved and Pluto is massive 
Pluto is far out. Jupiter's massive, obviously huge. So, I mean, Jupiter's got a moon for everybody, okay? <laughs> it's true. Jupiter is uh, the Oprah of moons. <laughs> you get a moon, and you get a moon, and you get a moon. I'm like, how many moons does Jupiter have? It's a lot. These are big planets, and they have a big impact on us, but it tends to be a slow burn because they move slowly. So we don't always get the ahas quickly from their movements. That's where those alignments, the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction that we just had, the upcoming Jupiter-Saturn conjunction that we'll have, those big moments can give us ahas quicker than usual. And it can be awesome. It can also be really overwhelming. And this new moon in Scorpio is in a positive conversation with the Capricorn stellium as well as Neptune. So most of our outer planets minus Uranus in this instance are being activated by this new moon in Scorpio. So this is a fantastic time to be asking yourself what structure needs to crumble or be renovated or be abandoned or be replaced that will lead to my deep healing? What wound hasn't been addressed because I'm so busy looking around me that I'm not looking within me? Those are questions that this new moon is bringing to the surface. We also have Mars, who's direct now, as we know, in Aries, forming a square to both Jupiter and Pluto and Capricorn. And we have Venus, who is in Libra, forming a square to Jupiter and Pluto as well. What relationships do you have where you feel a little stuck? What bags do you have packed in your mind, ready to go just in case things fall apart? And are you afraid of failure or are you actually afraid of success? And how can that fear, however it swings, if it's present for you, influence the way that you experience your relationships? Are there blockages that are self-created or are the blockages there because something is off or you have an old story in your mind or the person that you have a relationship with has a story in their mind about the way things should be or used to be and there's a projection going on there this new moon in scorpio is definitely about relationships and i say that because it's scorpio I also say that because of Venus being in Libra. And Venus in Libra is also opposing Mars in Aries. And that's creating tension between how we're moving forward and how we are in relationship. And it could even bring up if you're not like in a romantic relationship or this doesn't resonate for a friendship or a family member or whatever. And you're like, no, 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 no. This new moon is not about other people. It's still about relationships you still have a relationship with yourself. Have you been tending to the relationship that you have with yourself? Are you spending quality time with yourself? Or are you autopiloting? 
And I know it can be hard to hear that. <laughs> it can actually feel like you're being called out when you hear that. And I say that because as I'm saying this, I'm like, oh my God, I'm calling myself out, which is what this whole fucking podcast is all the time. I swear to God, it's just me calling myself out. <laughs> but um, call yourself out to call yourself back in. That's what I always say. And that's always going to be true. If you're going to point out any of your shortcomings or things that you you know could have done better on, whatever the story is, can you call yourself back in at the same time? If you identify an excuse, if you identify a roadblock that you set there in front of yourself, can you have the grace to say, okay, I'm going to make the change. I'm going to have to remove the roadblock or have to have the conversation and the relationship and speak the unmet needs, whatever's coming to the surface for you. And I'm also going to tend to myself in the process. I'm not going to blame myself. I'm not going to be hard on myself. You know, I had, this is so dumb. I had um, a rebate (laughs) this week. I had a rebate that was for $100. And I was supposed to take care of it in October. I had every like plan to take care of it in October, but you know, Mars retrograde, it was a lot. And we were in the portal of October and somehow it just slipped through my fingers. And when I had the aha, like, oh yeah, that rebate, I need to get that taken care of. It was just a few days ago and I went online and I typed in all the stuff and I got it all set up and I spent time on it. And I was like, all right, I'm getting ready to submit this. And then I read the fine print and I was so angry with myself immediately. I felt like flooded with anger. My face was like red, like I was embarrassed, but anger too. Just like, ah, how could I overlook this? And it was because the rebate expired on the 31st of October So I was nine days past and I had the narrative come through where I was like, maybe I could call and get it, blah, 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 it's $100. And I was really hard on myself that evening and like unforgivingly hard on myself too, unnecessarily. You know, it's just $100 is a lot of money to a lot of us, myself included, but it's also in the grand scheme of things, just $100. What matters more than $100? My relationship with myself for sure. And it took me like a day to realize how hard I had been on myself and to call myself back in. After, in that moment, I called myself out. How could you forget? You're so dumb. All of those like narratives coming up and then I had to shift back. I believe we talked about this on the October podcast. No, wait, September podcast. It was on the September podcast. We talked about the shift of human. I'm so dumb to I'm so human. That shift can serve anybody at any moment, but especially for the Scorpio new moon, if there's something that you need to heal, that you need to address, and it's heavy, or you don't want to look at it because it is going to call you out in some way, because you know that you've needed to heal it and you haven't been working on it, or you feel like you haven't been working on it. Often we are working on things. Sometimes it's very subtle. And we don't give ourselves credit for it. So can you give yourself that credit? Can you give yourself that grace? And can you call yourself back in for the things that you call yourself out on? It's not easy work. None of it is. This whole year is not easy work. We all know that. But do we need to make it harder on ourselves? Do we need to be harder on ourselves? Can we call ourselves out and call ourselves in? I think we can. I think we can and I think that we would all be better off if we did. 
And again, I say that not as the master of calling myself out and calling myself back in. Not at all. (laughs) I say that as a fellow peer, a fellow student of life. I may have some of the understandings of astrology, but I certainly don't hold all the answers. I'm still only human, just like you are. And this new moon is asking us to extend that grace to ourselves, to forgive ourselves, to heal the dark wound, to release the dark wound, to let love in. Can you do that? And this new moon is also an opportunity to plant a seed or to recognize a seed in your garden and give it some more nutrition so that it can grow. Some of the seeds that we plant are intentional and of our own choosing, but a lot of seeds are carried to us through the wind. And we can miss those opportunities just as easily, actually more easily than the opportunities that we plant ourselves because we're less aware of them. Has somebody given you something recently that's a seed? What, what is it? Can you nurture it? Do you want to nurture it? That's a great question, actually, to segue us into the tarot cards that I pulled for this episode. The first card that I pulled for the new moon in Scorpio and Mars Direct, these transits, is the Four of Cups. If somebody planted a seed in your garden recently, do you want it? Are you ready for it? Is saying no more empowering than saying yes? Do you have time for it? Folks give us stuff all the time and often we feel obligated to receive it. Some of us have receiving blocks too in a big way and I'm one of those people for sure. So it's it's also that. The Four of Cups has an individual with their arms folded in front of them sitting in front of a tree on a hill with trees in the background and there is a floating cloud hand kind of like the ace of cups offering a cup to the individual and in front of them are three other cups and this person's not reaching out and grabbing the cup this person isn't even looking at the cup that's being handed to them and some people like to interpret this card as Are you overlooking an opportunity that you should grab onto? Are you too focused on like what's in front of you instead of seeing what else is out there? And I think that is true. I think it's also possible that you have enough cups already as it is. And cups are our emotions. Sometimes being given another opportunity, no matter how great, is emotionally taxing. And some of us don't have the capacity for that. And yet we still say yes, because maybe you're a people pleaser. I can relate to that. I've said a lot of yeses to things just to please other people. And that has only led me to be displeased with myself almost every single time that I prioritize someone else's happiness over my own. I end up feeling empty and we don't have to feel that way. And the four of cups reminds us of that. It reminds us to reconsider what we are ready, willing, and able to accept. And taking time to get that clarity can be a game changer, even if it's just a, you know, I'm not sure yet, but can I get back to you on that in a week? Getting yourself just a little bit more time to consider something. Obviously, I know that we don't always have time 
to consider things. If someone's like, hey, I want to do this thing tomorrow, you probably have to make your decision sooner than a week, right? But if you can ask for that time, even in that moment, you can say, you know what, can I get back to you in an hour? Even an hour can give you enough time to make sure that your yes is genuine. Because nobody, not even you, want to receive your own counterfeit yes. We want to receive real, genuine yeses. And if you can't get there, that's okay. You can say no. No is a complete sentence. Shout out to my girl Jocelyn for telling me that many moons ago. And it has stuck with me. And it is very, very true. I also think that that originally comes from Amy Poehler. I don't know. Somebody fact check me and send me a message (laughs) about that. Um, But our next card that I pulled is the Ten of Wands. And the Ten of Wands is a completion card because it's a ten. The wand suit is fire, which totally goes hand in hand with Mars going direct. Now that Mars is direct and you maybe hold all these different wands of how hard you've been working and hustling to make things happen even when it feels like you're in an uphill battle with Mars retrograde, things are falling through the cracks, you feel less inspired, you wanna procrastinate, you do procrastinate. Now you have an hour to pull off what you needed to pull off in like days worth of work or something. We find ourselves in these scenarios and what do we need to do when we've got so much in our hands? We need to ask for help. This card shows an individual holding those 10 wands and it looks like it is back-breaking work to carry these heavy, tall, large wands. And you can't even see the person's face. They're just on their mission. Their head is down in the wands and they're just focused on getting from point A to point B. And what happens when we're looking down like that? We miss all the views. We miss all the views and we could have them if only we were willing to ask for help. That is what I always think about with this card is how can I either A, ask for help and delegate so that I'm not carrying all these wands by my damn self or B, set some of these wands down because when we get super overwhelmed and we have 10 wands, sometimes we end up having to drop them all because we can't do it anymore. And that happens too with Mars retrograde. A lot of people got into accidents. I have a very good friend who broke her leg in two places. Terrible, terrible. I'm sending love to you, girl, if you're listening. And what, you know, what is that? It's because we've overexerted ourselves in some way when we get to the breaking point of something, when we have an accident. And I'm not saying that you know, you deserve it by any means, not at all. But what I am saying is that a lot of these things are avoidable. Not all of them, certainly, but a lot of them are. So if we can avoid getting to the point where we have broken our backs over something or we have overexerted ourselves so we ended up completely abandoning what we set out to do in the first place, then we can avoid that. And Ten of Wands is really potent magic for Mars Direct. What did you try to get done during Mars retrograde that you haven't gotten done yet? And why? You know, maybe you needed this extra time to decide, do I even really want to do this anymore? Or is the strategy that I have to do this thing not serving me? Do I need to change it? 
Would I benefit from changing it? Maybe you would. Just some things to consider. The last card that I pulled for this episode is the Knight of Cups. And the Knight of Cups is also water because it is cups. And it's about movement because it's a knight. You can notice on the card that he's seated on this horse in his armor, this individual. And he's got a cup in his hand and he is riding forward uh, into the horizon. Who knows? He's on an adventure and he's got this cup. And I'm guessing that it's got some liquid in it. Our emotions, right? Big feelings are here and they've been here. It's Scorpio season. It is a big feeling season. But are your feelings steering you or are you steering them? Knight of Cups is fully engaged with the journey and he is upholding the container of his emotions and moving forward anyways. That takes poise. It takes grace. It takes slowing down. You can't keep a full cup while riding as fast as you fucking can into the sunset. You have to slow down in order to get from point A to point B with that cup still intact. The same way with our emotions. Are we actually allowing the time for ourselves to process them? Or are we deciding that we don't have time? You know what? I don't have time to process this. I don't have time to be sad about this. I'm just going to do this and make the move and and I'm going to make it happen. Very much... Mars direct, very much Scorpio new moon as well. The Knight of Cups is saying you have every ability to get from point A to point B with all your emotions intact if you are willing to acknowledge them. If you are willing to say, my emotions are a part of me and they're a part of this journey and I'm going to feel them, but they are not going to drive me. I'm still in control of me. And the feelings are just here coming and going as they please. And I don't need to autopilot myself out of them because it's hard sometimes to feel them. New moon in Scorpio is also a super moon. I didn't even mention that yet. (laughs) New moon in Scorpio is also a super moon, which means super big feelings. It's okay to have feelings, man. It's so inevitable. We all feel shit all the time, but we don't always give ourselves the grace and the moment to release the feelings, to release the dark wound. Let love in. And that's it. That's all I've got for you guys today in this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it brought you some laughter, some insights, some of your own higher self knowledge to come through. And I hope that you're taking care of yourselves. This is, it's a big, big, big week. It's a big month. And myself and Uni will be back on December 1st to guide us into it. And if you need some more inspiration, feel free to listen to this episode again. And I also invite you to revisit the November Transits and Tarot episode featuring our amazing friend Neuro Rochelle. I'll catch you on the next episode. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm.